Section 14 of the Aeneid of Virgil. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Book 7, Part 2. But when she saw her reasons idly spent, and could not move him from his fixed intent, she flew to rage. For now the snake possessed her vital parts and poisoned all her breast. She raves, she runs with a distracted pace, and fills with horrid howls the public place. And, as young striplings whip the top for sport, on the smooth pavement of an empty court, the wooden engine flies and whirls about, admired with clamours of the beardless rout, they lash aloud, each other they provoke, and lend their little souls at every stroke. Thus fares the queen, and thus her fury blows amidst the crowd, and kindles as she goes. Nor yet content she strains her malice more, and adds new ills to those contrived before. She flies the town, and mixing with a throng of madding matrons, bears the bride along, wandering through woods and wilds and devious ways, and with these arts the Trojan match delays. She feigned the rites of Bacchus, cried aloud, and to the buxom god the virgin vowed, Evoe, O Bacchus, thus began the song, and Evoe answered all the female throng. O virgin, worthy thee alone, she cried, O worthy thee alone, the crew replied. For thee she feeds her hair, she leads thy dance, and with thy winding ivy wreathes her lance. Like fury seized the rest, the progress known, all seek the mountains and forsake the town. All clad in skins of beasts the javelin bear, give to the wanton winds their flowing hair, and shrieks and shoutings rend the suffering air. The queen herself, inspired with rage divine, shook high above her head a flaming pine, then rolled her haggard eyes around the throng, and sung in Turnus' name the nuptial song. I owe ye Latian dames, if any here hold your unhappy queen Amata dear, if there be here, she said, who dare maintain my right, nor think the name of mother vain, unbind your fillets, loose your flowing hair, and orgies and nocturnal rites prepare. Amata's breast the fury thus invades, and fires with rage amid the sylvan shades. Then, when she found her venom spread so far, the royal house embroiled in civil war, raised on her dusky wings she cleaves the skies, and seeks the palace where young Turnus lies. His town, as fame reports, was built of old by Danae, pregnant with almighty gold, who fled her father's rage, and, with a train of following Argives through the stormy main, driven by the southern blasts, was fated here to reign. T'was Ardua once, now Ardea's name it bears. Once a fair city, now consumed with years. Here in his lofty palace Turnus lay, betwixt the confines of the night and day, secure in sleep, the fury laid aside her looks and limbs, and with new methods tried the foulness of the infernal form to hide. Propped on a staff, she takes a trembling mien. Her face is furrowed, and her front obscene. 
deep dented wrinkles on her cheek she draws sunk are her eyes and toothless are her jaws her hoary hair with holy fillets bound her temples with an olive wreath are crowned old calibi who kept the sacred fane of juno now she seemed and thus began appearing in a dream to rouse the careless man shall turnus then such endless toil sustain in fighting fields and conquer towns in vain win for a trojan head to wear the prize usurp thy crown enjoy thy victories the bride and sceptre which thy blood has bought the king transfers and foreign heirs are sought go now deluded man and seek again new toils new dangers on the dusty plain repel the tuscan foes their city seize protect the latians in luxurious ease this dream all-powerful juno sends i bear her mighty mandates and her words you hear haste arm your ardeans issue to the plain with fate to friend assault the trojan train their thoughtless chiefs their painted ships that lie in tiber's mouth with fire and sword destroy the latian king unless he shall submit own his old promise and his new forget let him in arms the power of turnus prove and learn to fear whom he disdains to love for such is heaven's command the youthful prince with scorn replied and made this bold defence you tell me mother what i knew before the phrygian fleet is landed on the shore i neither fear nor will provoke the war my fate is juno's most peculiar care but time has made you dote and vainly tell of arms imagined in your lonely cell go be the temple and the gods your care permit to men the thought of peace and war these haughty words alecto's rage provoke and frighted turnus trembled as she spoke her eyes grow stiffened and with sulphur burn her hideous looks and hellish form return her curling snakes with hissings fill the place and open all the furies of her face then darting fire from her malignant eyes she cast him backward as he strove to rise and lingering sought to frame some new replies high on her head she rears two twisted snakes her chains she rattles and her whip she shakes and churning bloody foam thus loudly speaks behold whom time has made to dote and tell of arms imagined in her lonely cell behold the fates infernal minister war death destruction in my hand i bear thus having said her smouldering torch impressed with her full force she plunged into his breast aghast he waked and starting from his bed cold sweat in clammy drops his limbs o'erspread arms arms he cries my sword and shield prepare he breathes defiance blood and mortal war so when with crackling flames a cauldron fries the bubbling waters from the bottom rise above the brims they force their fiery way black vapors climb aloft and cloud the day 
the peace polluted thus a chosen band he first commissions to the latian land in threatening embassy then raised the rest to meet in arms the intruding trojan guest to force the foes from the lavinian shore and italy's endangered peace restore himself alone an equal match he boasts to fight the phrygian and ausonian hosts the gods invoked the rutuli prepare their arms and warn each other to the war his beauty these and those his blooming age the rest his house and his own fame engage while turnus urges thus his enterprise the stygian fury to the trojans flies new frauds invents and takes a steepy stand which overlooks the vale with wide command where fair ascanius and his youthful train with horns and hounds a hunting match ordain and pitch their toils around the shady plain the fury fires the pack they snuff they vent and feed their hungry nostrils with the scent twas of a well-grown stag whose antlers rise high o'er his front his beams invade the skies from this light cause the infernal maid prepares the country churls to mischief hate and wars the stately beast the two tiridae bred snatched from his dams and the tame youngling fed their father tiraeus did his fodder bring tiraeus chief ranger to the latian king their sister silvia cherished with her care the little wanton and did rees prepare to hang his budding horns with ribbons tied his tender neck and combed his silken hide and bathed his body patient of command in time he grew and growing used to hand he waited at his master's board for food then sought his savage kindred in the wood where grazing all the day at night he came to his known lodgings and his country dame this household beast that used the woodland grounds was viewed at first by the young hero's hounds as down the stream he swam to seek retreat in the cool waters and to quench his heat ascanius young and eager of his game soon bent his bow uncertain in his aim but the dire fiend the fatal arrow guides which pierced his bowels through his panting sides the bleeding creature issues from the floods possessed with fear and seeks his known abodes his old familiar hearth and household gods he falls he fills the house with heavy groans implores their pity and his pain bemoans young silvia beats her breast and cries aloud for succor from the clownish neighbourhood the churls assemble for the fiend who lay in the close woody covert urged their way one with a brand yet burning from the flame armed with a knotty club another came whate'er they catch or find without their care their fury makes an instrument of war tyreus the foster-father of the beast then clinched a hatchet in his horny fist but held his hand from the descending stroke and left his wedge within the cloven oak to whet their courage and their rage provoke and now the goddess exercised in ill who watched an hour to work her impious will ascends the roof and to her crooked horn such as was then by latian shepherds born adds all her breath the rocks and woods around and mountains tremble at the infernal sound the sacred lake of trivia from afar 
the valine fountains and sulphureous nar shake at the baleful blast the signal of the war young mothers wildly stare with fear possessed and strain their helpless infants to their breast the clowns a boisterous rude ungoverned crew with furious haste to the loud summons flew the powers of troy then issuing on the plain with fresh recruits their youthful chief sustain not theirs a raw and unexperienced train but a firm body of embattled men at first while fortune favoured neither side the fight with clubs and burning brands was tried but now both parties reinforced the fields are bright with flaming swords and brazen shields a shining harvest either host displays and shoots against the sun with equal rays thus when a black-browed gust begins to rise white foam at first on the curled ocean fries then roars the main the billows mount the skies till by the fury of the storm full-blown the muddy bottom o'er the clouds is thrown first almon falls old tyreus eldest care pierced with an arrow from the distant war fixed in his throat the flying weapon stood and stopped his breath and drank his vital blood huge heaps of slain around the body rise among the rest the rich galesus lies a good old man while peace he preached in vain amidst the madness of the unruly train five herds five bleating flocks his pastures filled his lands a hundred yoke of oxen tilled thus while in equal scales their fortune stood the fury bathed them in each other's blood then having fixed the fight exulting flies and bears fulfilled her promise to the skies to juno thus she speaks behold it is done the blood already drawn the war begun the discord is complete nor can they cease the dire debate nor you command the peace now since the latian and the trojan brood have tasted vengeance and the sweets of blood speak and my power shall add this office more the neighboring nations of the ausonian shore shall hear the dreadful rumor from afar of armed invasion and embrace the war then juno thus the grateful work is done the seeds of discord sowed the war begun frauds fears and fury have possessed the state and fixed the causes of a lasting hate a bloody hymen shall the alliance join betwixt the trojan and ausonian line but thou with speed to night and hell repair for not the gods nor angry jove will bear thy lawless wandering walks in upper air leave what remains to me saturnia said the sullen fiend her sounding wings displayed unwilling left the light and sought the nether shade in midst of italy well known to fame there lies a lake amsanctus is the name below the lofty mounts on either side thick forests the forbidden entrance hide full in the centre of the sacred wood an arm arises of the stygian flood which breaking from beneath with bellowing sound whirls the black waves and rattling stones around here pluto pants for breath from out his cell and opens wide the graining jaws of hell to this infernal lake the fury flies here hides her hated head and frees the laboring skies saturnian juno now with double care attends the fatal process of the war 
the clowns returned from battle bear the slain implore the gods and to their king complain the corpse of almon and the rest are shown shrieks clamours murmurs fill the frighted town ambitious turnus in the press appears and aggravating crimes augments their fears proclaims his private injuries aloud a solemn promise made and disavowed a foreign son is sought and a mixed mongrel brood then they whose mothers frantic with their fear in woods and wilds the flags of bacchus bear and lead his dances with dishevelled hair increase the clamour and the war demand such was amata's interest in the land against the public sanctions of the peace against all omens of their ill success with fates averse the rout in arms resort to force their monarch and insult the court but like a rock unmoved a rock that braves the raging tempest and the rising waves propped on himself he stands his solid sides wash off the seaweeds and the sounding tides so stood the pious prince unmoved and long sustained the madness of the noisy throng but when he found that juno's power prevailed and all the methods of cool counsel failed he calls the gods to witness their offence disclaims the war asserts his innocence hurried by fate he cries and borne before a furious wind we have the faithful shore o more than madmen you yourselves shall bear the guilt of blood and sacrilegious war thou turnus shalt atone it by thy fate and pray to heaven for peace but pray too late for me my stormy voyage at an end i to the port of death securely tend the funeral pomp which to your kings you pay is all i want and all you take away he said no more but in his walls confined shut out the woes which he too well divined nor with the rising storm would vainly strive but left the helm and let the vessel drive a solemn custom was observed of old which latium held and now the romans hold their standard when in fighting fields they rear against the fierce hyrcanians or declare the scythian indian or arabian war or from the boasting parthians would regain their eagles lost in carhai's bloody plain two gates of steel the name of mars they bear and still are worshipped with religious fear before his temple stand the dire abode and the feared issues of the furious god are fenced with brazen bolts without the gates the wary guardian janus doubly waits then when the sacred senate votes the wars the roman consul their decree declares and in his robes the sounding gates unbars the youth in military shouts arise and the loud trumpets break the yielding skies these rites of old by sovereign princes used were the king's office but the king refused deaf to their cries nor would the gates unbar of sacred peace or loose the imprisoned war but hid his head and safe from loud alarms abhorred the wicked ministry of arms then heaven's imperious queen shot down from high at her approach the brazen hinges fly the gates are forced and every falling bar and like a tempest issues out the war the peaceful cities of the ausonian shore 
lulled in their ease and undisturbed before all on fire and some with studious care their restive steeds in sandy plains prepare some their soft limbs in painful marches try and war is all their wish and arms the general cry part scour the rusty shields with seam and part new grind the blunted axe and point the dart with joy they view the waving ensigns fly and hear the trumpet's clangor pierce the sky five cities forge their arms the atenian powers and temnai tiber with her lofty towers ardea the proud the crustumerian town all these of old were places of renown some hammer helmets for the fighting field some twine young sallows to support the shield the crosslet some and some the cuishes mould with silver plated and with ductile gold the rustic honours of the scythe and share give place to swords and plumes the pride of war old falchions are new-tempered in the fires the sounding trumpet every soul inspires the word is given with eager speed they lace the shining headpiece and the shield embrace the neighing steeds are to the chariot tied the trusty weapon sits on every side and now the mighty labour is begun ye muses open all your helicon sing you the chiefs that swayed the ausonian land their arms and armies under their command what warriors in our ancient clime were bred what soldiers followed and what heroes led for well you know and can record alone what fame to future times conveys but darkly down mezentius first appeared upon the plain scorn sat upon his brows and sour disdain defying earth and heaven etruria lost he brings to turn aside his baffled host the charming lausus full of youthful fire rode in the rank and next his sullen sire to turnus only second in the grace of manly mien and features of the face a skilful horseman and a huntsman bred with fates averse a thousand men he led his sire unworthy of so brave a son himself well worthy of a happier throne next aventinus drives his chariot round the latian plains with palms and laurels crowned proud of his steeds he smokes along the field his father's hydra fills his ample shield a hundred serpents hiss about the brims the son of hercules he justly seems by his broad shoulders and gigantic limbs of heavenly part and part of earthly blood a mortal woman mixing with a god for strong alcides after he had slain the triple geryon drove from conquered spain his captive herds and thence in triumph led on tuscan tiber's flowery banks they fed then on mount aventine the son of jove the priestess rhea found and forced to love for arms his men long piles and javelins bore and poles with pointed steel their foes in battle gore like hercules himself his son appears in savage pomp a lion's hide he wears about his shoulders hangs the shaggy skin the teeth and gaping jaws severely grin thus like the god his father homely dressed he strides into the hall a horrid guest then two twin brothers from fair tiber came which from their brother tibers took the name fierce chorus and catillus void of fear armed argive horse they led and in the front appear 
like cloud-born centaurs from the mountain's height with rapid course descending to the fight they rush along the rattling woods give way the branches bend before their sweepy sway nor was Praeneste's founder wanting there whom fame reports the son of mulciver found in the fire and fostered in the plains a shepherd and a king at once he reigns and leads to turnus aid his country swains his own Praeneste sends a chosen band with those who plough Saturnia's Gabine land. Besides the succour which cold Anian yields, the rocks of Hernicus and dewy fields, Anagnia fat, and father Amasene, a numerous rout but all of naked men, nor arms they wear, nor swords and bucklers wield, nor drive the chariot through the dusty field, but whirl from leathern slings huge balls of lead, and spoils of yellow wolves adorn their head the left foot naked when they march to fight but in a bull's raw hide they sheathe the right mesapus next great neptune was his sire secure of steel and fated from the fire in pomp appears and with his ardour warms a heartless train unexercised in arms the just faliscans he to battle brings and those who live where Lake Ciminia springs, and where Feronia's grove and temple stands, who till Fescanian or Flavinian lands. All these in order march, and marching sing the warlike actions of their sea-born king, like a long team of snowy swans on high, which clap their wings and cleave the liquid sky. When homeward from their watery pastures borne, they sing, and Asia's lakes their notes return. Not one who heard their music from afar would think these troops an army trained to war, but flocks of fowl that when the tempests roar, with their hoarse gabbling seek the silent shore. Then Clausus came, who led a numerous band of troops embodied from the Sabine land, and in himself alone an army brought. Twas he the noble Claudian race begot, the Claudian race ordained in times to come to share the greatness of imperial Rome. He led the Cures forth of old renown, Mutuscans from their olive-bearing town, and all the Aretian powers, besides a band that followed from Velinum's dewy land, and Amiternian troops of mighty fame, and mountaineers that from Severus came and from the craggy cliffs of tetrica and those where yellow tiber takes his way and where himela's wanton waters play casperia sends her arms with those that lie by fabaris and fruitful foruli the warlike aids of horta next appear and the cold nursians come to close the rear mixed with the natives born of latine blood whom alia washes with her fatal flood not thicker billows beat the Libyan main when pale Orion sets in wintry rain, nor thicker harvests on rich Hermus rise, or Lycian fields when Phoebus burns the skies. Then stand these troops, their bucklers ring around, their trampling turns the turf and shakes the solid ground. High in his chariot then Halesus came, a foe by birth to Troy's unhappy name from agamemnon born to turnus aid a thousand men the youthful hero led who till the massic soil for wine renowned and fierce aruncans from their hilly ground 
and those who live by Sidicinian shores, and where with shoaly fords Volturnus roars, Cales and Oscar's old inhabitants, and rough Saticulans inured to wants, light demi-lances from afar they throw, fastened with leathern thongs to gall the foe, short crooked swords in closer fight they wear, and on their warding arm light bucklers bear. Nor Ebalus shalt thou be left unsung, from nymph Semethis and old Telon sprung, who then in Teleboan Capri reigned. But that short isle the ambitious youth disdained, and o'er Campania stretched his ample sway, where swelling Sarnus seeks the Tyrrhene sea, o'er Batulum, and where Abella sees, from her high towers the harvest of her trees. And these, as was the Teuton use of old, wield brazen swords and brazen bucklers hold, sling weighty stones when from afar they fight, their casks are cork, a covering thick and light. Next these in rank the warlike Ufans went, and led the mountain troops that Nursia sent. The rude Equicoli his rule obeyed, hunting their sport and plundering was their trade. In arms they ploughed to battle still prepared, their soil was barren, and their hearts were hard. Umbro the priest the proud Marubians led, by King Archippus sent to Turnus' aid, and peaceful olives crowned his hoary head. His wand and holy words the viper's rage, and venomed wounds of serpents could assuage. He, when he pleased with powerful juice to steep their temples, shut their eyes in pleasing sleep. But vain were Marcian herbs and magic art to cure the wound given by the Dardan dart. Yet his untimely fate the Ungitian woods in sighs remurmured to the Fusine floods. The son of famed Hippolytus was there, famed as his sire and as his mother fair, whom in Igerian groves Arikia bore, and nursed his youth along the marshy shore, where great Diana's peaceful altars flame in fruitful fields, and Verbius was his name. Hippolytus, as old records have said, was by his stepdam sought to share her bed, but when no female arts his mind could move, she turned to furious hate her impious love. Torn by wild horses on the sandy shore, another's crimes the unhappy hunter bore, glutting his father's eyes with guiltless gore. But chaste Diana, who his death deplored, with Aesculapian herbs his life restored. Then Jove, who saw from high with just disdain the dead inspired with vital breath again, struck to the centre with his flaming dart the unhappy founder of the godlike art. But Trivia kept in secret shades alone her care, Hippolytus, to fate unknown, and called him Verbius in the Aegirian grove, where then he lived obscure but safe from Jove. For this from Trivia's temple and her wood are coursers driven, who shed their master's blood, affrighted by the monsters of the flood. His son, the second Verbius, yet retained his father's art, and warrior steeds he reigned. Amid the troops, and like the leading god, high o'er the rest in arms the graceful Turnus rode, a triple of plumes his crest adorned, on which with belching flames Chimera burned. The more the kindled combat rises higher, the more with fury burns the blazing fire. Fair Io graced his shield, but Io now with horns exalted stands, and seems to low a noble charge, 
her keeper by her side to watch her walks his hundred eyes applied and on the brims her sire the watery god rolled from a silver urn his crystal flood a cloud of foot succeeds and fills the fields with swords and pointed spears and clattering shields of argives and of old sicanian bands and those who plough the rich rutulian lands aruncan youth and those sacrana yields and proud lapicans with painted shields and those who near numician streams reside and those whom tiber's holy forest side or circe's hills from the mainland divide where ufens glides along the lowly lands or the black water of pomptina stands last from the volscians fair camilla came and led her warlike troops a warrior dame unbred to spinning in the loom unskilled she chose the nobler palace of the field mixed with the first the fierce virago fought sustained the toils of arms the danger sought outstripped the winds in speed upon the plain flew o'er the fields nor hurt the bearded grain she swept the seas and as she skimmed along her flying feet unbathed on billows hung men boys and women stupid with surprise where'er she passes fix their wondering eyes longing they look and gaping at the sight devour her o'er and o'er with vast delight her purple habit sits with such a grace on her smooth shoulders and so suits her face her head with ringlets of her hair is crowned and in a golden cowl the curls are bound she shakes her myrtle javelin and behind her lycan quiver dances in the wind end of section fourteen